welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs are definitely hoyering, and the three best shortstops are off the board. Home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating because it helps other people find the show, and they might like it too. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs signing marginal guys, continued shenanigans with the literal baseball, and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And Danny is back, my friend. So many congratulations. I hope you had the best time in Mexico. I'm so happy for you and Nicole. Let's start with happy stuff before we light Jed Hoyer on fire. Yeah, well, it was really awesome. I mean, had a beautiful time. Saw my my whole family came, lots of friends, got married, and it was just gorgeous. Like, uh, right out there on the Pacific Ocean, the the food was good, and the, the people were great. I mean, I couldn't have been happier how it all went down. And um, then we had a big party back here in Chicago and everybody showed up. Well, not everybody, because you weren't there, but we had a, a, a <laughs> I like, was you're in out Utah. In, in my defense, it's not like I didn't, I know showed Danny's party. Like I was literally already in Utah. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Not, not your fault, but it's, uh, but, but we had a, a, a blast. I mean, just, it's just been so much fun in a whirlwind and the felt, the love we've felt from all of our friends and our family. It's just been incredible. And, uh, you know, I just, I couldn't, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I, I mean, it's the perfect time to be happy about something else because I tell you, there's not a lot to be happy about as a Cubs fan this off season. It's people are angrier than they've been in years. And, and they should be. And, and let's get to that. Although I do want to just, cl- I am taking you and Nicole out for dinner when I get back. Cause I feel terrible that I missed your celebration. Um, all right. So, Danny, while you were gone, Wilson Contreras became a Cardinal, and I would be remiss if I did not get your thoughts on this. Like, I know it's something you and I talked about on the show. We knew it was a possibility. We knew it was maybe even a probability, given where things are. I personally am of the opinion that Wilson Contreras is going to be the absolute most epic cub killer of all time for the St. Louis Cardinals. He is clearly going to be like Albert Pujols-level Cubs killer in red for the next five seasons. And Jed Hoyer will deserve every single second of it. I will be wearing Wilson gear to every Cubs Cardinals match for the next five seasons, but I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I mean, it's, I predicted this when I saw the matchup like more than a year ago. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yachty's retiring. Wilson's on the block because, uh, you know, he was free agent and they couldn't even trade him. So we, all we got was like some second round draft pick out of the deal, um, which he's worth a hell of a lot more than that. I'll tell you that much. And um, it's, it's super disheartening, but I mean, it's almost like hilariously evil. Like it couldn't (laughs) really get worse. So you just have to laugh at it. You know, Um, I I wrote something, we're going Cubs caroling. Uh, Too bad you're going to miss that too. Um, We're we're going Cubs caroling on Saturday. And by the way, if you guys want to do it, we're meeting at output lounge on Saturday at four o'clock to run through everything that will be running around Wrigleyville singing. But I, I wrote, um, I'm trying to figure out like, what song I could write about Wilson Gutierrez good to be on the Cardinals. And I was thinking like a sad one, like, you know, Oh, little town of Bethlehem. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Wilson's on the Cardinals <laughs> or something like that. But I ended up going with um, a, one, a little bit more upbeat, which is uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer. Cause it, it's like <laughs> Wilson Contreras is on the Cardinals. Why the hell Chicago let him leave? Now the Cubbies do not have a catcher to play for us in 2023. Okay, Danny, <laughs> we need that for the 
outro music uh, for this show. So I'm just going to ask unrecorded. that you, I, I need you to like, get me a 30 second spiff of that uh, before this episode comes out later today. <laughs> it's too, oh. too good. I'll get right to it. Oh God. I, um, I'm I, so, I, I, really I mean, I, I'm, I knew it was coming. I want nothing but the best things for Wilson. I'm glad he got paid. I hope Jed Hoyer regrets this till the end of time. And also, I just can't help but think they got kind of pantsed here, right? Like they've been out there telling the universe, oh yeah, concerns about defense. We want more defense. Da 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 da. We don't think he works well with pitchers. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. They pro- they probably inadvertently lowered whatever his value was at the trade deadline because they couldn't be positive about their own guy only to have one of the most, and look, I hate to say this too, Cubs fans, but we all know it's true. Only to have one of the most competent organizations in sports be like, we see him as a replacement for the guy who has run our pitching staff and our entire like defense for the last, however many years Yachty's been there. I've, I've blocked out how long Two it's decades. Been, right. It's like, it's like it's the Cardinals are like vote of confidence for Wilson Contreras and, and the rest of baseball is like, Oh, well maybe this Wilson guy isn't so bad after all. MLB Network literally started their show, and admittedly, it's Greg Ansinger, who's a known Cardinals fan, but they literally started their show with a comparison of Hall of Fame catchers and Wilson Contreras on offense, and he shines, man. He looks great right next to Johnny Bench, and you're just like, kill me now. Just kill me now. The Cubs got pantsed here. Yeah, well, and yeah, because now you have to not only replace your catcher, but you have to, which is a tough position to replace. And I, I don't think, and we've been talking about this for years too, maybe not years, but that the Cubs don't like what he does at catcher. So everybody's looking at the Wilson sweepstakes being like, oh, you're going to throw him in left field. Oh, he, he's going to play third. Oh, he's going to maybe even a little first, you know, like they're just going to hide him DH, you know, Um but uh, no, the Cardinals are going to let him catch, and and just like you said, this is a this was a staff run for twenty nineteen years, nineteen years. Uh, he played for the St. Louis Cardinals, Yadi or Molina, and they're and they're going right from uh, Yadi to him. Now they might not have the same Yadi plans as sure for Wilson. Sure. I, you know, they I don't might think be going to catch like, hundred and ninety games a year or whatever Yadi caught. He didn't last year for the Cubs either. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They didn't like what he was doing. They they used him in other ways. Um, but he's certainly going to uh, take a lot of games behind the plate, and he's certainly going to now play a whole lot of games against us. And not only will he be playing a lot of games against us, but his brother's going to be playing a lot of games against us as well. It's amazing. Like how, like that's what I'm, it's comically hilariously awful. What's going on. You just have to laugh. Oh, Danny on, on Twitter. I was explicit. This is my villain origin story. Like Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals and William Contreras to the Brewers. Like this, this is how, I don't know what, where this goes people, but if I was a Marvel comic, like this is my villain origin story. Uh, Let's talk about that trade that sent Sean Murphy to the Braves, which like, again, the Braves didn't really need a catcher. They had Travis Darno, they had William Contreras for the next five years. They were pretty set, but the Braves are a team that believe they should continue improving and get better. And they should, always be looking for upgrades to be a championship caliber team as opposed to merely a playoff caliber team wild, how that works in some markets. Um, And so the Braves sent William Contreras and Kyle Muller three-way trade with the Brewers out to get Sean Murphy as a return. Sean Murphy 
definitely one of the top both offensive and defensive catchers in baseball. William Contreras winds up with the Brewers. Now the Brewers and the Cardinals both have a Contreras and the Cubs are rolling with Jan Gomes and PJ Higgins. And I, <laughs> I cannot. What? <laughs> yeah. And everybody that was rumored to maybe come to us uh, is not. So uh, all the top guys, because well, Sean Murphy was a, was a trade. And then we're, I know we'll talk about Vasquez as well. And the, the twins. Yeah. Let's just do it now. Let's just do the Vasquez, the Vasquez sword it's, right now. Lump it in. It. Yeah. <laughs> Lump it in. It's like all the catchers are gone. <laughs> and, and now they're, I, I, who are they down to? I don't even care. Like it, now it just doesn't matter because you <laughs> didn't get any of the good. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You, you're going with PJ Higgins. Fine. Cause you're not going to get anybody better than that. Like when you look at the list of catchers that were out there, it, you know, when we heard Murphy was available, everybody was like, Oh, let's kick the tires on this. I could see the Cubs having a package for this. They, they, you know, might, but they didn't go for it. Um, and then you, the Vasquez, uh, was the other rumor and, um, he went to the twins for the same amount of money that apparently the Cubs offered him. So it, twins are just, you know, well, that's the kicker closer. for me. That's the kicker for me. Like the twins and the Cubs both offered Christian Vasquez three years, $30 million. There's a rumor that the Cubs wanted to put in like an opt out or something for a fourth year. So potentially their deal was a little bit less attractive, than the twins, but you're telling me that you couldn't bump that by like five million dollars to get the best, like the clearly best catching option to Chicago, and you lost to the twins on a head to head, like head to head equal offers. Christian Vasquez is like, I don't know, man, Chicago or Minnesota, I'm that hot, that hot dish is too good to turn down. Now he's he's I joked on uh, I believe it was on your tweet that he was just really in the Scandinavian culture. <laughs> And the cold, like how cold is it in Minnesota? I think they have a roof though. No, they don't. They don't? No, no. <laughs> That's part of Scandinavian culture. They like the cold. <laughs> That's what it is. Vasquez coming out of Bayamon, Puerto Rico. He got sick of that. That's the oh. other thing I liked about him. He was, he was from the same place as Javi. So we could have had, anyway, it doesn't matter. None of it matters anymore. <laughs> nothing, nothing matters. We're, we are an existential dread podcast. This is, <laughs> Boyering has led us to a state of existential dread. That might be the title of this episode. Um, let's talk about some of the other guys that the Cubs have lost out on because the shortstop market is has been really, really, really uh, taken over by since Danny last left. We used to have four top tier shortstops that the Cubs could have tried to be in on Trey Turner, Carlos Correa. Xander Bogarts. Now only one is left, Dansby Swanson. Y'all know you've been listening to me for a couple of weeks now talk about how I think Dansby Swanson is clearly in a different tier than the other three guys on this list. And frankly, like I'm not even really sure I want the Cubs to do this deal because if they do this deal, it's going to wind up being the highest contract in Cubs history for Dansby Swanson, who is a guy that <laughs> really looks like he had the best year of his career just in time for his walk year, he strikes out like 27.6% of the time. His WRC plus over the last four years combined is 99. That is 1% below average. Like I am just not convinced that it's a good idea for the Cubs to throw the most money ever at a guy who had a really great year right before he became a free agent. But that said, Danny, I'm just watching the Cubs get pantsed here by the Padres, the Giants, the Phillies, all teams who are all in and want to win. And it is depressing, man. I thought the Cubs' advantage was money. 
I mean, maybe they sold Bitcoin high. I don't know what happened there. I mean, it's it's like it's like there is no um well no th- well there is actually no um uh salary cap. So but there is the luxury tax. Now, if you don't care about that, like a lot of these teams are showing, they do not. Um, maybe they reset it at some point in the future. Right now is not that year. That much is obvious. You got the Mets doing it too. Um, billionaires uh, throwing their money around. It's it's great to see because they have it. Our guys apparently don't, but they do have money to build a nice uh, winter fest for everybody and a sports book. <laughs> um, you know, and meanwhile, we've got, what do we get out of the deal? Um what probably see at this point it doesn't matter the Dansby Swanson thing it it would be nice cuz he he does uh, improve the team i won't say that he doesn't but we have a very i mean Nico Horner's a good shortstop you could maybe just get a bat at second base instead and there and like hide somebody a little bit defensively although you can't do that as much this year where you just have like a shortstop playing all the positions with the shift you have to have somebody over there that's going to get to a lot more balls, I think, at second. So, um, anyway, uh, my point being that you could maybe deploy the money differently from the Dansby situation. I know that we just see them all coming off the board, but people are not going to be satisfied with Dansby Swanson, especially if he's getting, like, Dansby at 11 years, 20, 250 mil, or, like... And it's like all this weird AAV. Like we haven't seen this before. It's just it's the new math, I guess. And well, we're gonna go years and low AAV, but it's not that low. I mean, that the AAV these guys are getting are the re. It, it's it's uh, what's his name? Hayward's contract. You know, it's kept us from doing anything for like four years. And you know, I it's this has been five years in the making. So none of this is really quite surprising to a guy who runs a show called Sun Ranto because I'm always looking for the negative. But anyway, let's, I just don't see a point in getting any of these guys now. Let's talk about just this year's, year's AAV thing because I see a lot of confusion about this in the comment section at BCB and also on Twitter. There's a lot of people like, ah, you don't want that contract when the guy's 40. You don't want that contract when the guy's 41. Look, nobody thinks that Carlos Correa is going to be playing meaningful baseball at 41. I mean, I suppose there's like a 1% chance he is the next David Ortiz and he's a really useful DH at 41, but like the odds are that's not true. Nobody really thinks that the Giants are going to be paying Carlos Correa in his year 40 and 41 season. The reason they did those deals as long as they did is because it takes the AAB on that contract down from being like a $38 million a year deal to being like a $27 million a year deal, right? And so you have to think of two things when you're thinking about that money. The first is that those extra years make it so that there is a lower AAB for the purposes of calculating the luxury tax for all of those teams. But the second thing is, what does a $27 million contract look like 13 years into the future? The odds are not the same as a $27 million contract in 2022, right? Like the cap will be higher. People will have more room before they get to the luxury tax. Like I, I saw our friend Joe Kilgallen did a thing on this where he was, I think it was Joe Kilgallen. If it was somebody else, I apologize for not giving them credit. But if you think about like what a $28 million contract looks like now, it probably looks something like a $16 million contract relative to the space under the cap in three CBAs. And and the other thing here, like 
we are going to go through three different collective bargaining agreements before you get to year 13 of the Carlos Correa deal. So like, who cares? It's not like Jed Hoyer is still going to be the president of baseball operations for the Cubs in 13 years. Like stick that to your, to the guy who comes after you, right? Like let the guy who comes after you worry about what to do with the fact that you committed $27 million to Carlos Correa. Win now. Yeah. Well, the thing is we knew that the Cubs you make a lot of sense, Sarah. I mean, the the fact that uh, $27 million won't be as much in 13 years is true. But that is that makes me nervous as well, that whole idea, because where does that $27 million come from? Um, regardless, it's going to come from us, you and me, the fans. They're going to be nickel and diamond us here and there. Beer goes up an extra $2, extra $3. It's already unaffordable for a family to go to the ballpark. This just makes it more that way. Um, so the the money, it, it doesn't grow on trees. So it's coming from somewhere. So I, I do have a little bit of a problem with like when I hear numbers that high, and I, I do look at it and I know it's millionaires and billionaires and stuff, but I'm still bothered by the idea that they are assuming that in the future, because that's not really the raise that the rest of the world gets. You know what I mean? Like that that brand of inflation is not the inflation of the wages of the average American. This is a this is monopoly money for the one percenters. And it just and it just strikes me wrong um, in many respects. But that's the economics of the situation as they see it right now. If it comes crashing down like a house of cards someday, so be it. I hope it happens, actually. I hope they all lose their money and we just devalue the currency and, and use Bitcoin or or something new. I don't know. Um, well, but Not Bitcoin. I, I think crypto is a mirage, Danny, but like that's that's well, a conversation so is, for a very different podcast. It all is. It, it all is. If you can't eat it and, it, you know, it's really, and you can't grow anything in it, you know, or live in it or wear it, it's pretty useless, you know, to a human. But, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's all fiat currency, but so anyway, all that kind of <laughs> reindeer games that they play with the money is the reindeer games they play with the money. And as you said, like, why should they worry about the future when you, the idea is to win now? This is a billionaire pissing contest and we are fans of it. So why don't we get to see good players at the highest ticket price, which we already pay? So that's the thing that bothers me is like we're already you think you're playing in this world. And you're not we're because we're paying for it. You know, th- we've got Ricketsville down there th- getting more and more money. You got the the uh, the the gambling hall going in. You got so uh, he owns the damn neighborhood. And and now he's when he pulls the purse strings. Well, I don't know. I can't do, you know, 11 years down the line. I'm worried about my obligations for financing my debt or whatever the hell he's thinking. I'm like, well, that's none of mine. Never mind. I'm a baseball fan. Well, let's actually let's talk about Ricketts, actually, because Ricketts and Crane Kenny are actually out there saying the pocketbook Mm. is open. The bank of Ricketts is open. We are we Jed Hoyer has the and I believe the quote was Jed Hoyer has the ability to spend whatever he needs to to put a competitive team on the field. That's the quote from Ricketts. And then you got Crane Kenny out on the score talking about how healthy the business side of the operations are and how Jed Hoyer left money on the table in 2022 that Crane Kenny somehow believes rolls over. And I, I don't know if Crane Kenny just doesn't understand how the luxury tax works or not, but like that's not really how baseball accounting works. That's neither here nor there. So you've got the business side and the ownership out there publicly saying that Jed Hoyer has money to spend. 
And Jed Hoyer is twiddling his thumbs, not doing anything. Like, Danny, tell yep. me what is going on here. Are these people setting up Jed Hoyer to be fired or is Jed Hoyer Sounds, just like yeah. paralyzed by intelligent spending? Yeah, no. It, well, I think uh, there's part of that. And Carter Hawkins, you got to throw him in there, too, because he was uh, over in Cleveland Definitely working with a much smaller budget. So maybe he's I made the joke uh, on Twitter that, uh, you know, he's still shopping at Ross Ross Dress for less when he could be down at Macy's with the Ricketts checkbook. But he's he's not doing it. And and, uh, you know, maybe, as I said, like it's maybe it's not smart to give Dansby Swanson a really long contract. And, you know, maybe now just let it let it go. Let it let the whole thing go and, uh, you know, try to flip dudes and keep getting younger and be the rays as uh jed hoyer to kind yeah. of uh, you know roundaboutly talked about well let's uh we need to take a quick break for our sponsors yeah, okay. on the flip side though we are going to talk about this quote from jed hoyer and a conversation with jesse rogers either at the winter meeting or the gm meetings uh that our friend evan altman captured and put out in cubs insider you will not want to miss this people it's, it's just out of control but first a quick break yeah all right, so to come back to where Danny left off, and I I really, this just, this set me off last night, Danny, I cannot. So I've got the quote right here. I'm going to read it for our listeners. And I'm going to let you go off. Uh, our friend Evan Altman over at Cubs Insider, great blog. If you want to add that to your reading list in addition to Bleed Cubby Blue, highly recommend it. Um, it captures this conversation that Jesse Rogers was talking about on ESPN that he says he had either at the winter meetings or the GM meetings. Quote, unquote, you can't get better without stars, Rogers said, quote, I had this argument with Jed at the winter meetings or the GM meetings, one of them. I said, look, you admit that you don't have stars brewing in your minor league system. That means you got to go out and get them. And he kind of agreed. But then he also said, well, the Rays don't have a lot of stars and they win. Danny, the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's well, it's it's kind of true. I mean. It's it's kind of true that the Rays win and don't have a lot of rings. They there's a lot of other things going on with the Rays. Um, I believe they get the extra draft picks um, for being a small market team. We see what the Cardinals have been able to do with that, although they just lost that draft pick. But they've got a they've been good at developing young players, and if you want to have a cheap, successful young team, you have to be good at that. The Cubs have not been. And uh, some of the players that we're waiting to see now, now are all unfortunately injured. Like, you know, where the heck's Miguel Amaya? Why can't he stay healthy? Um, you He's know, running on water, had... Danny. He literally cannot walk on hard land because he has a Liz Frank fracture in his foot. But if they turn baseball into an aquatic sport, I believe Miguel Amaya might yeah. be successful. It's like water polo. They'll just start baseball polo. They'll do, <laughs> they'll do that. Uh, or um, water baseball. Sorry. Um, but yeah, you look at the, you look at the Rays. And they've been, I'm looking at it right now, in fact, uh, the last four years they've been in uh, the playoffs at the very least. They ended up in the World Series um, twice since 2008. Both times they lost, um, but they were in the division series in 2011, 2010, and 2013. Then they were bad for a bunch. It, basically, they've been in it more than they've been out of it with it, since 2008. Um, they've been in it eight times since then and out of it. Well, no, it's about the same seven times, but two world series appearances, um, a couple division series, uh, not, you know, 
just the wild card series last year, but it is kind of true what he says. So I'm not going to say that Jed is wrong. Um, but the, the difference is you're the Cubs and you play in a big city and people actually go to your games and sure. We're going to love your Christopher Morales of the world, but we also deserve. And well, first of all, you're uh, over your skis. Cause you do not have the development organization that you think you have. If Chris Morales, the best thing coming out of it, who's just a decent, like, utility player um, with, with a good, a great, with a great yeah. smile. Yeah. Loud with some skills. skills. Yeah. So, but, but you know, there's no power on this team except for guys like everybody's flawed, you know, well, Patrick wisdom's not from our system really, but you know, but it, there's, there's guys with skill, but not skills, well, you know? So it's like, I'm not seeing it. I mean, Wisniewski's not from our system. He was the most exciting pitcher to come up last year. Maybe Justin Steele, you can make an argument for about it. So we don't have this, like every dude is coming up and performing at a high level. We don't have it. And we haven't had it for a decade. So in order to be like, I want to be like the Rays, you got to be like the Rays and you're not. That's yeah. my point. I think there's two things here and I'm glad you started. Um, I'm glad you hit on the minor league players. Cause I, cause this is the part of the quote that really, I think, where both Jesse and Jed are telling a truth that has not been stated very publicly amongst Cub media. And I think people need to hear it. The minor league system is not where it was in 2014 and 2015. Like I get all these Jed's leaguers, dude bros who like love hoyering in my mentions all the time. We're like, wait until you see PCA and Ben Brown. And I don't know, man, whatever other name they want to throw out there. Like, and I get it. The farm system is better than it was in 2018 and 2019 when it was absolutely totally decimated. And also it is nowhere near where it was in 2014 and 2015 when the Cubs had a lot of 60, 65 future value players in that system. The best players in the Cubs farm system right now are Pete Armstrong at like a 55, 60 future value. And he doesn't come to the major leagues until 2024 or 2025. Brennan Davis has hovered around that level at times too, but after another setback this year in the Arizona Fall League, he's kind of fallen back a little bit. His ETA has now been pushed to 2024, 2025. This is not a team that is ready to, to call up all the stars and mash in 2023. Like the only person that we might see who could have a big impact on the 2023 squad is Matt Mervis, who frankly was not a Cubs draft pick he was one of the players who didn't get drafted in the 2020 draft and then like went out and looked for teams that needed first basemen and hitters and kind of said, Oh, here are the teams that I should talk to decided that the Cubs would be a good fit. And, and yes, he, Matt, Mer- Matt Mervis looks like he might be great. And you need a lot more than Matt Mervis to make this work. Right? <laughs> like, this is not a Matt Mervis can come and save the day type of farm system. So the first thing that I think is notable in this conversation between Jed and Jesse is the acknowledgement that the Cubs farm system is better, but it is not a star filled system. You still have to go out and get yourself a Correa. You still have to go out and land yourself as say a Suzuki and have them hit like say a Suzuki. And, and yeah, I think there's another level to say a Suzuki. I think say a Suzuki could go off in 2023 and be particularly interesting, but you need like two more of those guys and, and the Cubs don't have them right now. And they're basically all off the board. Well, and guys don't want to come to the Cubs because they're not close. So it's like it, it, the one thing affects the other and then it affects it straight back. So 
it's it's like you know Correa won't sign, Xander Bogarts won't sign because these guys are looking to win now. They want to play on teams that are going to win now. They want to be surrounded by teams about to pop and have a fun summer in the sun now. And the uh, that's not not where the Cubs are. It's just not where they are. But we're not going to be there without those players a coming up and proving already that they're here, but without the Cubs also showing that they have pieces in place, you know, like the Cubs had Rizzo in place, for example, yes. at that time. So not only do you need to have a guy in place, so like Brendan Davis comes up, but then he succeeds for a couple years um, and locks down a certain position where you say, okay, there's building blocks in place to build guys um suzuki could be that guy's here for five years but um stroman is here uh for a couple more years but i, I think at only this point, one right no what wait one, one with there's an option somewhere in there i think we have it for yeah. one more year there's an option well we won't because he's getting traded and like there's no way that we keep him at this point because uh even though i do believe the cubs could compete in the central uh they don't have enough to even get to the 85 win uh you know third wild card spot right now um so and it doesn't look like they could even get it like they can't trade for it um well maybe they could i mean that'd be weird if they traded for it like let's get otani and just empty our system at the end of his angels career and try to lock him up did you see that people are like oh we're saving money for otani i'm like oh there's that rollover cash from yeah you really think you're gonna outbid (laughs) steve cohen and the dodgers and the, the, all these teams that are like giving 14 years, you think you're, the Cubs are going to outbid them. Good luck. Like Jed Hoyer is stopping is shopping in the sales section. People like Otani. I would love to have Otani on the Chicago Cubs. That would make my life very happy. And I just do not see it as a possibility as long as Jed Hoyer is in charge. Yeah. And so getting back to the intrigue that we were talking about before about getting set up to maybe be fired Oh, we gave him all the money in the world and he just didn't spend it, didn't do a good job. It's like, that's not how this works. I mean, Tom can do what he wants. So, and Crane has dirt on somebody. That's how he keeps his job. 30 years, um, man. He's been there 30 years. He's got, there's no way he's got dirt. Like there's something going on. He knows where the bodies are buried. That's how he keeps his job. It's I'll, I'll die on this hill. Um, but, uh, you know, Tom owns the team, so he didn't have to listen to anybody if he doesn't want to. Just fine. Uh, Jed got the job really with without any search. I mean, they didn't search for a new GM. They didn't try to find a new president. They just he just walked right into the job. And um, you know, all he had done is the Padres before that. And uh, I don't know. Padres were nothing back then. They weren't doing anything. So, like, he just he's not proven on this on this level. So. I don't know. Maybe they are setting up to fire him. Maybe he's firing back a little bit. Maybe it's a complete mismanage or uh, like a mismatch of concept. Um, but it certainly does seem like they're they're not firing on the same cylinders up top. And if you look for at like when Ricketts fired everybody and Theo like cried in that press conference, and they got rid of like you know every single piece of staff like from the scouts to the secretaries and all the pink slips that Theo had to give out. He looked like his dog had died and it was just uh, really sad. That was the, or like right after the biblical, and this was after biblical losses, you know what I mean? And then we saw the, the axes just starting, starting to fall. 
So when you try to build up from this, that kind of lowly standpoint where you took your entire system and you, 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 you use the word decimated and you decimated the staff that supported that, whether it be trainers or scouts or, or anything, and then probably replaced it with like pitch lab or what a bunch of computers or whatever it is. Um, and, and analytics guys, you know, you, you're just, and, and the eighth batting coach in eight years, yeah, you know, all the things that you're just not showing any kind of consistency. Uh, I'm not, I don't see a system that's turning out these amazing players really. Um, maybe that's cause I'm not a prospect pervert and I'm just not paying enough attention and I should be more excited that South Bend won a ring, but I'm not because it, it takes a long road to the show. And if there's a, some sort of disconnect between the Ricketts definitely pulled up the budget at some point. Like, I feel like you can't ever do that. You just lose those years of getting up. Like they didn't get anything but a Daniel Descalso type for five years. And so you haven't been building this thing from within at all. You just ripped it the hell down again and called it a, a retool or whatever the hell they're trying to sell us all so that we keep buying tickets. But like, Oh my God, this is not how any of this works. And if you have a problem with like Jed's philosophy of wanting to be the raise, then he should never have gotten the job in the first place. So now we're gonna have to go through that again. When some new guy comes in, uh, that Ricketts is like, ah, oh, no, he did my, he's got to spend my money. And then, um, new guy will come in. Now he wants to get rid of all the dudes that the other guy had brought. And so he'll trade all them. And we're right back to where we started five years ago four not five, but two years ago, I'll say. So it's just, it doesn't look good. The Cubs look like they're not, they don't, they look like they're in disarray. If you got two different people at the top of your brass saying two different things, that is not a good sign. There is trouble. Something's rotten in Denmark. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. There's clearly different messages coming out of both sides here. And like one of the things that I keep thinking about, I, I find it kind of incredible that the Cubs are in this position and they've decided to bring back Cubs convention this year because Dan <laughs> and I have both been to Cubs convention and we know exactly what type of fans show up to spend a frigid weekend at the Sheraton running as fast as they can to get the front row seats to see the hopefully amazing players that the Cubs have brought together to bring for their new team in 2023. And like, can you imagine anything at this moment in time other than Elon Musk level booze for both Jed Blair <laughs> and Tom Ricketts at Cubs convention? Cause I cannot, I think that they are going to get completely booed off the stage. Well, it's why they start at 8 a.m. Because, you know, I'm looking at the schedule right now. The Ricketts family session is back, but it starts. Uh, it's the first thing on there. So, you know, it's starting Whoa. at 8 a.m. So many people still hung over from the night before, not making it down there to boo. I mean, he's going to be at the opening ceremony. I think that's where you're going to hear the main thing. That's where we booed Marquis last time. And Ricketts made that hilarious face. But, um, yeah, it's I don't know why they would maybe they thought it was going to go differently. And that's the only thing I can give them about any of this is that the market changed on them. They did not change with it. And they just found themselves, like you said earlier, pantsed by the entire situation. Um, but, yeah, good for them. The, the bravery that they'll show when Jed and Carter Carter get up there with their you know, one year Cody Bellinger and their 
uh, Tyone signing, you know, a building around a number three. I like it. Who'd they get today? Oh, they Brad Boxberger. Some- One year of Brad, Brad- Boxberger. For $2.8 million, you know, doing the thing where we go out and find a reliever who's probably spent, but maybe not. And you can flip him for a Ben Brown type prospect at the deadline. Woo! Oh my God. Get Did you stoked. see Two years in a row. How regiment, regimented are the Brewers? Two years in a row. 64 innings. 64 innings last year. 64.2 the year before that. He hadn't done that since 2014. <laughs> amazing so yeah yeah so good luck with uh with that cubs um you know they're gonna protect him is you know just to try to get whatever they can out of it's gonna be bullpen by committee back there but if burgers box burgers arm is a little sore he's not going out there they're gonna try to trade him and um yeah after jed and jed and carter out there whoo that's I mean, oh, I, I can't wait for the questions. front office panel. The front office panel is going to be sick. I want to go back to, you mentioned the Cody Bellinger deal though, because I think there is a nugget about the Cody Bellinger deal that is so, it is the epitome of what Hoyer does. It is Hoyering at its finest. So I don't remember if I saw this in the athletic the first time, or if I saw this uh, somewhere else, I think it was a Sahada than Mooney like mailbag piece, but Cody Bellinger is signed for one year, $17.5 million, but the terms of this contract are kind of interesting. He gets $12 million paid in 2023. And then there is a buyout, basically like an option, an opt out buyout for the team. If they don't sign him again, they owe him an additional $5.5 million. And the only thing I can think here is that this is the, this is the Cubs hedging that if they trade Cody Bellinger halfway through the season, the, the new team will have to pick up that $5.5 million and Jed Hoyer just saved himself some marginal, some marginal cash. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Like other teams are trying to figure out ways to pay $350 million and like they're tacking on years to your age 40 season so that it'll not hit their luxury tax so hard. Meanwhile, the Cubs are like, we could ba- we could maybe save $5.5 million. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and do you remember back in the day, and this was uh, with, 2017 2016 five million dollar money when Ricketts was throwing it around uh you know people would say oh yeah we just will get this reliever pay him five million no biggie bring him on in we need somebody oh yeah another five million here number five million and he they were just throwing money around now it's like geez like, to get like even them to spend two million like there was one the Daniel Descalso year was the, like they had committed like two million to put to a position player that was it of course, they got bullpen stuff. There's always some churn there, but oh my god! Like, no, it is it is bleak. I, is bleak. I I mean, it's more bleak than when I went to before when I went to Mexico. We haven't done this show for a month, and um, you know, there was quite a bit of hope of all the guys we were going to get and how they were going to build for the future. At least get one of the shortstops, and I still uh, think they could get Dansby but I don't see the point anymore but because they didn't get anything else that they needed you didn't get your Abreu you didn't get Christian Vasquez you didn't I mean you just didn't do anything I mean uh I guess Bellinger I guess because it He's a former MVP there could yeah. still be something in there. Mm. there you know but it's been a few years it's been quite a few years since that since then um you know the Dodgers are no dummies they didn't Danny, want to pay that that they didn't want to pay that uh, arbitration, but we paid him the same thing. 
Danny, I, I wrote up the Bellinger deal while you were in Mexico and people should go check it out. I actually, I, I liked that piece a lot. I found some interesting stuff, but frankly, like my, my take on Bellinger is as follows. He gives you better defense in center field, which is good because the Cubs defense in center field sort of with their platoon of Christopher Morrell and Rafael Ortega out there was, was not good. It was one of the worst in major league baseball second or totally the worst, uh, depending on which metric you look at. So you're getting an upgrade defensively, and that is probably helpful. But the bat really appears broken. And and there's just like not much hope for me as a fan that the Cubs are going to fix a swing that the Dodgers cannot fix. Like, I don't understand what they think is going to happen. They have had like 19 hitting coaches in the last five years. They don't (laughs) have a hitting philosophy. They don't have any magic hit lab going on. And they think they're going to fix Cody Bellinger's swing. And I just find it... Absolutely ridiculous. Additionally, can we just ruminate on the fact that between what the Cubs are paying Cody Bellinger and what they're paying Jason Hayward for the Dodgers to try to fix Jay Hay, the Cubs are paying $39.5 million this season to see if they can fix Cody Bellinger's swing while the Dodgers are trying to fix Jason Hayward's swing. And I just really, you could have had Bryce Harper for that money. Yeah. (laughs) Well, or just keep Jay Hay. Like if you're not, you know, well, I didn't never understood why they just let him walk. I mean, keep him around. I mean, what's, what's the point? I mean, it was it the roster spot. Cause what are you filling it with? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not Cody really Bellinger. Seeing, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not really seeing a crunch anymore. Like I once did, you know, after the, all the rule five stuff happened. And anyway, um, it, yeah, it's, it, none of it makes any sense to me. Uh, you know, it's, it's just not, it, a lot of change in a month and it's gotten worse. Um, yeah, Cubs convention going out there. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the the list here, you know, looks kind of fun. <laughs> There's going to be so many boos, Danny. I'm going to have my phone out to record the boos. One thing they did is they, they got completely got rid of Sunday. So you really, they've got a youth baseball clinic with current Cubs players, coaches, and Cubs alumni with, uh, you got to have a pre-registration, which might mean money <laughs> to Might. extra money. money yeah yeah so it's a clinic so I, I mean i don't even know where they hold that probably just in one of the big ballrooms and just clear out all the chairs and no because they used to do down on the farm and they're not even doing that um they are doing the road to wrigley with the minor league prospects they people had a field day with that uh because they've been tweeting out like little teasers about Cubs conventions to try to get people to buy tickets to it. And everybody's like, read the room. Jeez, we don't want to go to this. Like, Well, let's talk about that, though, because I am old enough to remember the times when Cubs convention tickets went on sale and they were sold out within hours the first day they went on sale. Like you just could not. That was a hot ticket and people were going to buy that ticket. And it was the Cubs didn't have to do a lot of marketing and a lot of email ad campaigns to try to fill the room. And now they're out here like, hey, check out the schedule. Tickets are still available. It's like, It kind of reminds me of what they did this season when they introduced like wine Wednesdays and beer Tuesdays or whatever. They're like, hey, buy a ticket and you can get a drink and like, we'll like give you a hot dog or something with in addition to your overpriced ticket. Please come to Wrigley. I mean, besides the opening ceremony, I'm looking at the next day and there are no players. They don't have players like you know to they, highlight right now. 
I mean, they have a kids only press conference, but they do not say who's going to be there. Like, is it going to be like Patrick Wisdom or something? Probably. But they're not saying who it is. There's not the only player mentioned on this uh, whole list here is Ian Happ because he's doing a uh, live recording of the Compound podcast. That is if he's not traded before this all happens. We've got about a month to go, uh, really just a month from uh, from uh, yesterday. I mean, if they're not going to extend Ian Happ, they should trade him this offseason. His value is never going to be higher. He was an all-star. He just won a gold glove. He just ha- put together the best full season of his career. He's in the last year before he hits free agency. Either extend him or don't take the risk that he gets hurt or has a down start to 2023, right? Like, yeah. I, I hate to say that because I want the Cubs to build around Ian Happ and Nico Horner and Seiya Suzuki. I want them to add to this team. I don't want them to subtract from it. But honest to God, if you can't get an extension deal done with Ian Happ right now, and that's not part of your future, they should be looking to trade him this offseason. I, I don't know why they're not. Yeah, he's 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 got an OPS plus of 113 for his six-year career with the Cubs. You know, we've seen him come and go as defensively or, or well, he, we see him get got, we saw him get better defensively to the point where he got the gold glove. But what I meant to say was offensively, you know, you'd love to see the power that he uh, kind of had his rookie year when he came up. And then again in 2021, um, you know, but it, it that he that last year was his first year of just being a consistent ball player. And so, yeah, you're right. It hasn't been higher. But I feel like other teams are looking at that, too, and be like, well, we don't really know what we're getting here. You had the one good year, so we're not going to give up that much for him. You know, I, I, I just feel like maybe Hoyer's just too concerned in, like, winning trades as opposed to just, like, getting things done that makes sense. And he's not getting anything done because he's trying to win everything. So while you were in Mexico – one of my better takes on Twitter, I was having a conversation, I think it was with Evan. And I, I honestly, Danny, at this point, I think that the Hoyer Hawkins regime is more concerned about looking like they are a smart front office than making deals to get real baseball players on their roster. They are more concerned that people are going to think that they made a dumb deal by adding extra years to it or by adding $20 million to it or by sweetening it with $3 million or anything then like they're so wedded to whatever the Ivy system spits out as the valuation and projections and whatever, that they cannot function in a market that clearly changed and they're just paralyzed. And now they find themselves staring down the barrel of the best hitter left is Dansby Swanson. If they want a first base DH type to back up Matt Mervis, cause they're not sure that Matt Mervis is actually going to be able to come up and rake, which is totally valid concern like I want Mervis to come up and be amazing but you know it happens a lot when guys come up and they struggle a bit and they have to go back Anthony Rizzo had to go back Kyle Schwarber had to go back like all these guys had to take another step back in AAA and like learn a little bit more and then come back so you kind of want that guy it's got to be Trey Mancini who is not Jose Abreu for those keeping track at home the catcher situation you miffed on Christian Vasquez and so now the best option for you is what Omar Narvaez like I guess that's Better than PJ no. Higgins and worse than Jan Gomes. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. That's what I'm saying. It's like you're, you're not going to be able to go get enough to compete. It's not there anymore. They're not linked to Carlos Rodon. So, like, Rodon is not yeah. coming here. Like, I, they need, they have a collection 
They have the best collection of number three starters in their rotation that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. It's like a fashion show for JC Penny. <laughs> you know, it's like Marcus Stroman, <laughs> Jamison Tyon, like Justin yeah. Steele, Hayden Wisniewski, maybe Kyle Hendricks gets a step back to 88 miles per hour working at driveline this summer and he can join the parade of number three starters. I'm like, get an ace. Do you have anybody that can throw strikeouts? Like anybody that's going to like strike maybe, guys out. Maybe Hayden Wisniewski is going to come and win rookie of the year. It's going to be amazing. I, I mean, maybe they did it with some of the pitch lab guys and they, and they got some of the pitching. I mean, that's, that's the hope is some of these dudes start to emerge and they look like, you know, maybe like the 2015 Mets or something like that, where everybody's just firing on all cylinders. But until that actually happens, you know, your Correas of the world are going to look at the cousins and like the, the little sisters of the poor and be like, we're not doing this. You know, I'm not coming to Chicago at a rebuilding squad. And they tried to say it wasn't, and it was, and they, there's no veteran presence on the team except for Ian Happ that no, no, that they couldn't lock up uh, in any way, shape or form. Maybe you can lock up Nico. He's certainly showing a lot of promise. Those are the only two guys that you got now that you maybe do that with, um, unless you want to go younger, but we don't know what we got there yet. So it's just, it's rough. I I just didn't think it was going to get this bad. I thought they were going to be able to thread the needle a little bit better than this. Luckily, they're in a crap division, but I don't see them competing in it. I mean, I don't so, know, man. The Cardinals were a 91-win team before they got Wilson Contreras. They're probably a 95-win yeah. juggernaut. Right now, the Brewers still have all of their pitching, and now they added a real decent bat in William Contreras. Like, I see the teams at the top of the NL Central making the types of moves that make a difference in a division that is eminently winnable. And I see the Cubs getting worse. Like the Cubs right now at this moment in time, after adding Jamison Tyon, losing Wade Miley and Drew Smiley, adding Cody Bellinger, losing Wilson Contreras, this team is worse than it was at on the last day of the season in 2022. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It was worse since I left. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome home, Danny. Happy, yeah. happy honeymoon. Well, and it's gotten worse in the last week. And as you watch each of these guys come off the board and then it becomes harder and harder to imagine a scenario where you're signing some of the guys that are left, uh, even if you do get a dance, B Swanson, that's not enough. So you're going to need a dance, B Swanson and a Rodon, Rondo, uh, Rodon, or, and you're going to need another a lefty bat. And you're going to, you know, that you've got too much to, to get now and um, you can't even get these guys to go to Cubs conventions. So, like, how do you can you can't even get them to go to Wrigley in the summer? Um, you know, it's just, um, yeah. I, I, don't, am, I don't say Gary Sanchez. Like, what do you oh, got for please me? God. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch Gary Sanchez as the Cubs catcher. I watched enough of Gary Sanchez as the Yankees catcher. And frankly, there's a whole bunch of reasons that he's not he's not it. Um I really think that the rest of this offseason, and I'm not, I'm not trying to panic our listeners, but I really think the rest of this offseason looks like the Cubs doing a two-year deal for Gene Segura, who would be better at second base than Nick Madrigal was. So yay, better than Nick Madrigal. Um, and Omar Narvaez as a backup to Jan Gomes plus Trey Mancini if they're lucky. I, I don't even know that they can nail down the Mancini contract right now. I would not be surprised if they got beat out on that by some other team. Yeah, that's a ex- best exactly. case scenario. <laughs> I know, but that's still not enough. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying is you know Bell off the board. Um, see, uh, Brandon Belt didn't go anywhere yet. He's Brandon Belt is like him. what? Isn't he like thirty eight? Yeah, he's thirty five. I uh, mean, what are we I, looking? We were going older. for a brave. <laughs> 
Yeah, There's Belt is fine. Like I guess Mancini. Yeah, he's got I mean, some veteran yeah. presence. Yeah, they they call the market value of like eighteen mil, like the same as Bellinger. Guriel is out there. He's he's really old. Yeah, and I never I'm realized in Yuli Guriel, he has like no power. Yeah. So I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, is that is there even enough out there? Um, to upgrade at the places you need to upgrade. Everybody's Cindergard went off the board. Uh, everybody's gone. <laughs> They're all gone. And it, what I, I thought we'd get a couple of them and I thought it would make some sense. I thought that, you know, hey, you got it. Suzuki, maybe. Oh, Senga. There's another one we, we didn't get, you know. Five years, $75 million. How do you get outbid on that? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, you could totally have done that because Sanga chose where he wanted to go is why. And he didn't want to come to Chicago. I bet, you know, that fancy new locker room that the Cubs built a few years ago, it smells bad now. Like it does not smell good in there. They forget Ricketts chinched on the, the HVAC system and how it just smells like, you know, mold and sweat. <laughs> oh God, Danny, things, things are bleak in Wrigleyville. I wish I had some better news for our fans. Hopefully uh, the Cubs have made some deal that is an impact deal by the time this podcast comes out. But but I am skeptical. Uh, in the meantime, if people want to hear your and my takes on hoyering and exactly how terrible it is over by Wrigley Field, where where can they find you? Well, uh, you can find me tonight, actually. I don't know where you're going to get this or where Sarah, you're going to get this out, but it's Thursday, December 15th right now. We're going to go on the Sun Ranto show and play. It's People have been sending in hilarious Cubs uh, parodies, Cubs Miss songs, Cubs Miss Carols. And um, so we're going to be doing that tonight live. And we got a contest going on, so I, we can make this a, pros, a cross-promotional kind of thing is that, um, you, know, check, go, you know, follow me at Sun Ranto. Sing your Cubs carol song into a, like your uh, phone or whatever, um, like on a video, and you can uh, you can win a Leo Derosher baseball card. So anyway, we're we're playing those tonight at Sunranto. We're going Cubs caroling on Saturday. It's going to be a blast. We're meeting at four o'clock over uh, at um, Output Wrigleyville. There are two of them, so maybe sure someone by Wrigley. If you're going to show up, we'll have songs to provide you. We're going to run through the songs, uh, run around drinking beer and uh, singing. Uh, we're going to go into Wrigley. It's going to be awesome time. There's an Evite. Look it up. Um, Cubs caroling, Sunranto, all that stuff. So, are you going to go into the park? Or are you all going to pay the five dollars to like go into the amusement area? Or are you just going to go into the Gallagher Way, Chris Kendall area? I mean, I don't know. I would be fun to go inside, but I think I would have to pull some punches as to the songs we would sing. <laughs> well, I definitely get some video of that. I am super bummed to be missing Cubs caroling. I am a, I, I cannot recommend Cubs caroling enough. I am the most introverted person you can imagine. And, and I would get extroverted once a year just for Cubs caroling because it is that much fun to walk around Wrigleyville with the ranters, hang out uh, and sing some Cubs carols and bring some joy to all the people in and around Wrigley Field. It's a great time. Danny, I can't wait to see uh, the videos that you and Crawley and all of our friends take of that. In the meantime, um, I'm going to be hanging out on Twitter, watching for the latest hoyering moves, which, you know, get stoked, y'all. I'm sure that, I don't know, maybe they'll sign Madison Bumgarner or something, see if they can rehabilitate another guy whose arm's about to fall off. But uh, you can find my takes on hoyering the hot stove at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find this podcast and all of the references that we mentioned at at Cup of Cubby Blue. 
And look, Cubs, it's it's been a brutal off season, so we understand that you're down. Vent about it. Vent about it on Twitter. Come to CubsCon prepared to boo all of your favorite front office and ownership types. But uh, we'll be here with you to ride out the storm. Till next time. Wilson Contreras is on the Cardinals. Why the hell Chicago let him leave? Now the Cubbies do not have a catcher to play for us in 2023. Wilson is an awesome player. He can hit and he can throw. Helped us win the World Series when he came up to the Cubs so long ago. And though St. Louis is boring, it's Chicago who is sad. Because Cubs fans are in mourning And next year we hope that Willie's really bad Really bad! Wilson Contreras is on the Cardinals Why the hell Chicago let him leave? Now the Cubbies do not have a catcher To play for us in 2023 to play for us in 2023.